0: Welcome to Inside the Tunnel brought to you by VT Scoop 24-7 Sports. My name is Andrew Alex. I am joined by everyone but Evan Watkins. Okay, Doug, how you guys doing?
1: Doing well. Glad to be back on the on the grind. I feel like we keep saying we're coming back, but then we release an episode once a month. But it <laughs> looks like we're uh, about to, to hit our stride and release a couple a week if we can Keep on top of it, which I think we will. So uh, excited and motivated for the season. Yeah,
0: according to our corporate overlords, we do not have a choice, but <laughs> it's football season. We're back. You know, it, it smells like we are just weeks away from the moment that everyone's been waiting for Nebraska and Northwestern <laughs> playing each other in Ireland.
2: I was going to ask, you're our Nebraska guy, Andrew. Yeah, excited for the Huskers.
0: From what I've heard, Lincoln's going crazy. They're they're talking about the playoff coming off of that three win season. So we we'll Like an
2: eight thirty kick or no eleven thirty kick in Lincoln for for the Ireland game.
0: Oh, trust me, they'll be up. They'll be <laughs> up. But we got to get into what's important, and that's the Hokies. And I think that the tenor and the tone of maybe these next. Couple podcasts as we go on to preview the season. We'll, I guess, have the goal of tempering fan expectations, maybe, or at least being realistic about expectations for this team. You know, in year one under, under Brent Pry, uh, it's not a team that's built to make a run to the ACC championship, at least on paper, but I, w- I want to go through it. A- and it starts with the quarterback position. As of today, that being Tuesday, the sixteenth of August. No starter has been officially named, though that is on the horizon. Doug and Matei, after everything we've heard all off season long, do we have any reason to believe it's not Grant Wells?
2: No, I certainly don't think so. Um, Brad Glenn even I think told the Athletic over the summer that he was that if he had to pick somebody that day they already knew or they knew who it was at that point. Uh, doesn't seem like any of that has changed. Grant Wells seemed to establish himself with a pretty comfortable lead there in the spring and carried it over. I agree with the decision to, you know, hold off on making a decision until, until August. And I, you know, I don't think it was, it would have been fair after, you know, 15 practices under a new staff and a new scheme to, To be like, oh, that's that's definitely the guy. And sorry, Jason Brown, you're now the backup. Um, but but certainly now after a couple scrimmages and a couple weeks of fall camp, it seems like you know, Grant Wells is still in the lead, still likely to be the starter. And you know, I think that sets up pretty well for what Brent Pry is gonna try and do here over the next couple years and in rebuilding this program and and by going with Wells with three years of eligibility left um, certainly seems like that's a guy they, they hope to at least build around this, this first part of the, the Brent Pry era.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, right. When we look back, you know, what what is now almost nine months ago when Brent Pry was named the, the next head coach at Virginia tech and given the nature of the transfer portal in 2022 people thought there might be a, a very big name splash at the quarterback position instead we ended up with the combination of brown and wells you know brown being a guy who had a little bit of sec experience a couple of wins under his belt wells being someone who had had some success as a multi-year starter at the group of five level, neither really pop off the page. Now that we know that Wells is a guy, Matei, you know, where should expectations be set for him? Is this a guy that has a chance to be a, a top half of the ACC quarterback? I mean, obviously the ACC is tremendously deep
1: when it comes to quarterbacks, but I think the expectations for Grant Wells has to be building upon last year. I mean, we all knew that it was, Braxton Burmeister, maybe for the first year ever going in as the clear cut guy. And, you know, Virginia Tech just didn't get enough out of the position. And you can look back a few years and say that Virginia Tech did not get a lot out of the position. And we don't know the makeup of this offense yet. We haven't seen what, you know, it's going to look like under Tyler Bowen. But I think Grant Wells is a guy that's going to be kind of, you know, a game manager for the offense. It seems to be a run heavy offense leaning heavily on that Joe Rudolph offensive line um, and then just um, kind of getting yards where you can through the air, uh, more of like a, a Big Ten prototypical offense uh, than the offenses we've seen over the ca- over the past few years. So um, I'm not expecting, you know, crazy numbers out of Wells, like 3,000 plus yards, 25 plus touchdowns. But um, I think the big thing for him, too, is just uh, keeping those interceptions down and, and um, you know, taking care of the football.
0: You know, based on what we see out of him and Marshall, though, Doug, how much of a concern is taking care of the football? I, I think that a comparison that's been made many times, yeah, you know, at least in the Virginia Tech online community, whether it be on the boards or on Twitter or what have you, is Ryan Willis. And to some fans, that makes them cringe, Do you think that it's going to kind of be a a boom or bust thing where Grant Wells is going to take a lot of risks, or do you think he plays within the ball control offense that Virginia Tech's trying to run?
2: Yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting. Uh, 22 picks over two seasons, I think 13-9 and at Marshall, and now he's taking a step up in competition uh, to the Power 5 level. Uh, is decision-making something that can be coached and developed over time? Um, maybe, you know, I think that's probably dependent on each person. Uh, and I think also you would have to be concerned that he played so much at Marshall and, and, you know, didn't didn't quite develop so so when is that like going to turn on I think he's a nat. you know even based on the little bit of what we saw of him in the spring game it seemed like he's kind of a natural gunslinger risk risk taker kind of guy I don't think you want to limit that too much but I'm sure Brad Glenn is is hoping to uh to get him into some good situations where where they can try and you know limit some of those those ball security concerns I think that's the big I think it's a big thing with him. If he takes care of the ball, he's probably Virginia Tech starter the next three years. If he doesn't take care of the ball, Jason Brown's probably starting in October at some point, um, given given his experience and, and you know what we can assume is his ability to take care of the ball. So, I don't know. I mean, do you really want to? you really want to put the reins on a guy that pushes the ball down the field and tries to make plays and all that stuff uh, that, that looks to be part of Wells's game and, and kind of turn him into that game manager. Um, You know, you got to score some points. I don't think Virginia tech has the skill position players at this point that a game manager is going to be a, is going to be able to lead a particularly prolific scoring offense. So, you know, it, it kind of feels like Wells is going to have to be that guy that that makes the plays, that pushes the ball, that takes those chances, and I think that could lead into some ball security concerns. And whether and then it's a question of how much do you live with at this point of the Brent Pry era in terms of, like, you know, Virginia Tech's not a ACC title contender this season, so how much are you going to... How, how long of leash is that before it's, like, you know, we we just can't keep, you know, throwing a pick or two a game and things like that. So, you know, that that's definitely the biggest question with Wells as we enter the season is is how long is that leash gonna be if if the decision making doesn't improve.
0: Do we have any insight into the backup QB battle? I mean we have Devin Farrell, the freshman, just get on campus. We have Taj Bullock who, you know, fans were so desperate to see in that Pinstripe ball ultimately, you know they weren't really given that chance, but you know, beyond these two guys, we've seen situations. I mean, just last year, QB one and two go down. Who, who's it going to be in your mind? Do you think they go with the uh, the veteran, if you will, <laughs> in the room with Bullock? Or well, that's the that's the that's
1: a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up because you you know, Grant Wells is essentially the starter. I mean, Jason Brown, he's You know, is he going to leave and look for an opportunity? It's a bit too late for that. So he's probably going to stick it out as a backup. How involved will he be? Blumrick is pretty much in the tight ends room, you know, not really working as a quarterback anymore, at least for this fall camp. And then from what we've seen out of practice clips um, with media that's been able to attend practice, it looks like Farrell is that, you know, working ahead of Bullock with the threes right now. Um, and if that's the case, is he really going to avoid a red shirt year? I don't know, but that tells you a lot more about Taj Bullock coming back and maybe not solidifying himself there. So you're talking about Brown, you're hoping and, and praying that he's staying around. Um, again, it's probably too late. Blumrick has already gone from that room, and then you're looking at Devin Farrell is currently edging out Taj Bullock if we're reading into the tea leaves, so... It gets pretty thin if Grant Wells is unable to go, but obviously you're looking at Jason Brown and Grant Wells to kind of give you depth throughout the season. You shouldn't have to go further than
0: that. So you mentioned Connor Blumrick, and I guess that's a good transition. Talking about the tight end room, you have Drake, Julius, Delius. who knows? It's been years. We still haven't figured it out. (laughs) He's certainly been around. Uh, You know, you have Nick Gallo and then you have Blumrick. It it seems like the competition for snaps at that position is as open as it might be for any position on the offense. I'll ask you guys. What do you think? How does this shape out?
2: I think Gallo is the traditional um, tight end. Uh, he's gonna. He, I, I think he's the number one tight end, and probably plays the vast majority of the tight end snaps. And then I think Deloitte and uh, Blumrick. Essentially, you know, Blumrick isn't a tr- isn't gonna stick his hand in the dirt as a true tight end. He's gonna be more of an H back, kind of like Keaton Thompson at uh at UVA, where he lines up all over the field. But I, th- I feel like he's gonna take as reps um more than gallows and kind of be the third or fourth receiver there. Uh so that I mean I, I see those as the kind of the top three tight ends with with gallows still as your your more traditional guy that can be a inline tight end and they'll probably move them around a little bit. They're, I think the really interesting thing is is the I guess that would be the fourth tight end there between the the three true freshmen Daquan right. Harrison Saint Germain and Benji Gosnell. I think, you know, that this is a position that the depth evaporates quickly in 2023. Uh, and you got three true freshmen this season. You certainly don't want to go into next season with three redshirt freshmen who have never played. So, at least one of those three is going to play. Maybe two of them. Um, you know, I, I, you know, with a four-game redshirt, will maybe you even get all three of them, in it at at some point, um, in some role, even if it's just on special teams. So, that that's a that's a deep position for Virginia Tech, with kind of a lot of short-term and long-term implications for how they handle it this year. And yeah, I don't think it hurts any of them that uh their position coach is also the offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, it will certainly. Be interesting to see how the tight ends, you know, are, are used in this offense and the distribution of snaps. As far as a name that circulated on the boards for years, it seemed in Benji Gosnell, four-star type guy, one of the Hokies' top recruits in this. I guess you could call it the first class of Brent Pry, but Brent Pry was able to continually secure that commitment for Gosnell. The dude was at one time committed to Ohio State, a torn ACL later. Can we expect to see him on the field actually playing for the Hokies this year?
1: I don't think so, simply because you mentioned it, the torn ACL that kind of impacted his senior season and you know caused Ohio State to kind of cool off on him. But um, certainly he's back and fully healthy, but in terms of, you know, like Doug was saying, these three freshmen, not just Benji, but it's going to be tough to get on the field with all the responsibilities of a tight end, not to mention you have two guys, three guys, if you want to include Tyler, um, who are experienced in that role and, you know, how important blocking is to this offense and how many times they're going to use two tight end sets strictly for blocking. I mean, that's part of the game too. So maybe in packages where, they work as wide receivers, but other than that, I think it's going to be very limited reps for the three freshmen.
0: All right, let's move on to the offensive line here where it seems our starting five has been established, I guess going back to the spring with Silas Chancey, J- Jesse Hanson, Johnny Jordan, Caden Moore, and Parker Clements. On a scale of one to ten, how comfortable do you feel with that starting offensive
2: line? Uh, I'm at a five. I'd say right in the middle, you know, Janzy and Jordan are probably your, your experience returners. I think there's certainly some questions still about Z at left tackle. People are glowing about his, his progress and his play there, but you know, that's always a wait and see until it's, you know, someone in another Jersey lining up against him. He's got a huge role protecting Wells's blind side this year or, or, you know, whoever ends up being the quarterback, but, um, you know that's a that's a that's a pretty important position on the offensive line, and I think you feel decent about him there, but not quite all the way confident. Jesse Hansen at left guard to me is a complete unknown, um, and it sounds like Braylon Moore is a guy that's certainly putting himself in the mix for playing time, and if I had to pick anywhere that he might snack some snaps I think it would be Jesse Hansen spotted left guard Jordan to me is kind of in the same boat as Janzi. we know what we're going to get out of him but you know I don't think anybody's gonna um, call him in a you know a first team or second team all AC center ACC center Caden Moore and Parker Clements I think are they have the highest ceiling of any of that starting offensive line and could by the end of the year, I feel like be the kind of the anchors and the at, could actually be the strength of the offensive line by the end of the year. They're, you know, they're probably the two that I'm actually most confident in, in, in terms of just being a solid ACC starter on the offensive line on that right side. So, um, you know, <laughs> I think we've talked about it, you know, all off season. It's like a, it's a, you feel decent about it on the on the first five, but not certainly not great. Certainly not um what you felt heading into previous years with, you know, Tenuta and Lasita Smith and Brock Hoffman and Darisol and those guys. It's it's a little feels like it's a step down from where Virginia Tech has has been in recent years on the offensive line, but not like not not certainly in immediate danger on the on the first five
0: yeah, and the question remains the depth where I mean, unknown is an understatement. People get banged up on the offensive line all the time, right? Whether it be in the long term or for a matter of a couple of plays. But it doesn't seem too unrealistic that you know within the first three, four weeks of the season, we could see extended playing time from the likes of Bob Schick or whoever. Like, Who do you feel comfortable with with these backups? I mean, I don't know if those guys who I just named are the primary guys, but they seem to be within the realm of possibility to actually play. I, I think the
1: answer is nobody knows. I mean, depth is one of those things that we can go through multiple positions here, and it's just it's not great, and that's the reason you're bringing in a new coach. I mean, you have Jack Hollyfield. Who's a makeshift offensive lineman after you know committing to Virginia Tech as a tight end? Will Jones, who could be you know a backup tackle, is a walk-on. You know there's several guys like that um, in the two deep right now that we think. Uh, I think you know in terms of depth, it's going to be those first few games that are crucial to establish it. Getting guys like a Braylon Moore, who's a true freshman, into the mix late in the game if you're up, hopefully. Uh, against an old dominion in the first game you know potentially there or wofford later on those are going to be valuable times to see these guys brody meadows xavier chaplin two highly regarded recruits that could you know play inside and outside and provide that valuable depth so the 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 answer is we don't know right now and i don't know if the coaching staff really feels comfortable with that second unit yet but i think it might have to progress into the f- first few weeks of the season in order to establish that
0: yeah i mean just uh i guess all we can do is pray for the health of those starting guys because <laughs> <laughs> seriously <laughs> it's,
2: it's true it's a good opportunity for a bunch of true freshmen to play pretty play immediately there will be baptism by fire xavier at- chaplin better be ready to go braylon moore sounds like he's ready to go i i, I think virginia tech probably has six offensive linemen they feel decent about it at this point maybe jack hollyfield as the seventh as a center guard guy you know i guess you feel better about the interior backups the offensive tackle what happens there if if jancy goes down if clements goes down who knows does Clement slide over to left tackle and Chaplin plays right tackle? Probably a little easier to play that spot as a true freshman. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Bob Schick, can he get in there and be serviceable? I don't know. It, you know, given what it sounded like Braylon Moore is doing at guard, I, I feel a little better inside than than outside of, of, of what happens. What's the plan B outside? It's a little scary.
0: I found myself thinking the other day, just in my own internal monologue, like, wow, now would be a great time for one of these freshmen to just be like a Christian Derisaw, like an out-of-nowhere freshman All-American caliber player that no one would have expected. That would be just what the doctor ordered for Virginia Tech. But more positions to preview on offense and more questions, the wide receiver position, Doesn't have a clear number one guy either, right? Where it seems like, you know, Trey Turner had played that role alongside Tavion Robinson, too. You know, maybe not overwhelmingly talented guys, maybe not two guys that are ever going to see the field professionally, not the caliber player that their predecessors, Isaiah Ford and Camp Phillips, were, but they were above average college football players, and you knew that's what you had. Now you have a makeshift rotation of an experienced veteran in Caleb Smith. You have Daywon Lofton, who showed flashes as a freshman. And then you have the group of five transfer, Jaden Blue, among others. How does this group shake out, Chelvin? Here's where I get
1: kind of concerned. I mean, we've heard so much about Caleb Smith. According to the depth chart, he's grew two inches, gained 20 pounds. So he's 6'4", 220 now. Uh, which is great for his pro prospects. He looked great in the spring game uh, and detailed his celebrations that he didn't get to under Fuente. But outside of him and Dwayne Lofton, I'm very worried about this group. Jaden Blue has been injury-prone throughout the offseason. We know what he's capable of. We saw it at Temple. Um, Even if he gets 80% of what he did in that production to Virginia Tech, you know, that's much needed and he's going to be, you know, one of those top three guys. But then, you know, as of recording today, we see Dalen Wright recovering from surgery, probably out for the year. We'll find out officially tomorrow. Jalen Jones, there was rumors that he was off the team and suddenly came back. So no matter what, there's some commitment issues there. And then you're looking at guys like Stephen Gosnell, who's caught two passes for 11 yards, In his career. And then outside of him, you have Christian Moss and Tucker Holloway, you know, freshmen who haven't played yet. So, although I think a lot of people would say between Caleb Smith, who looked really solid and is poised to be that number one guy, Dwayne Lofton, who's, you know, could be the most improved player from last year, uh, and Jaden Blue, that's a good top three. But like the offensive line, that depth is scarily thin.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with Matei here. Uh, this feels like a a baseball team starting rotation where you have a bunch of number two and three starters um that are pretty decent, eat some innings, you know, get you get get you some some plays, some consistent starts, but but are just don't have that top end talent that you really need to be to be consistently dangerous. You know, so I like think the Baltimore to- Orioles. Right, right, yeah. The Baltimore Orioles—they're scrapping their way to a wild card. Um, you know, maybe, maybe this allows Tech to scrap their way to a Pinstripe Bowl. Um, the Bad Boy Mowers pin- Pinstripe Bowl. I don't know if you guys saw that today, but I did. <laughs> yep, yep. Great, great news there. But yeah, I mean, I think it's a decent offense. It sort of feels like this offense could be similar to the 2019 offense when Hooker first took over and nobody really trusted him as a passer. And it was this kind of like, uh, I don't want to call it smoke and mirrors, but it was, you know, it wasn't, they weren't quite relying on just like skill player athleticism and ability to, 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 uh, to make plays. So, you know, I think they can, they can be serviceable and pretty good. I think doing often and, is probably the, if if there's a breakout player at the skill position, uh, you know, I think Lofton has got to be the heavy favorite there. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Bowen puts together this passing offense, knowing that, you know, I mean, Caleb Smith, how many steps forward can he realistically take as, you know, as why is he, is he suddenly a, has he, did the previous coaching staff just misevaluate him so badly that now he's a number one, a true number one wide receiver? Probably not. He's probably, he's probably is what he is a number two or number three or even number four wide receiver. That, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's easy to fall into the trap of you know going through the spring and the summer and the fall against your own team, and and then you get up and you play. You know, Miami's going to have a good secondary. Pitt's always got a good secondary. Um, you go against these teams, these these more talented teams, and it kind of exposes just where your talent level is. And, you know, if you're throwing a bunch of two or three starters, number two or number three starters out there all the time, you just, so, you know, some days you're not going to have it.
0: And that's what I think I try to explain to people on what seems to be a daily basis now that we've gotten to the month of August, is people will make the argument, oh, like we'll have to improve, we being Virginia Tech, we'll have to improve record-wise from last year to this year because those idiots aren't the coaches anymore. To which I say, yes, hopefully the coaching philosophy and the in-game decision-making, especially when it comes down to the wire, will improve. But Justin Day underperformed with a roster full of guys that are now in the NFL, essentially. I mean, from last year's six and six regular season roster, there is eight to 10 guys that at least they thought they had a shot in the NFL. And those guys are all gone. And then you have the transfers that are out the door. So this is really, you know, almost a year zero for Brent Pry, and people need to understand that. As we seem to pour cold water on these evaluations, but at the same time, the Hokies benefit from playing in an ACC Coastal Division where teams are either, you know, in the case of Georgia Tech, just not that good, or in the case of Duke and Virginia and to some degree Miami. Though I don't think they'll they'll deal with the problems to the same degree. They're starting anew as well. So I think the moral of the story is. The offense will be full of surprises and hopefully those surprises, you know, don't, don't come to roost <laughs> in, in a negative way, at least not in Norfolk, Virginia on Labor Day weekend.
2: It's, it's, that that's going to be an interesting game in terms of like, that's not quite the atmosphere and environment I would pick for like your very first game with a brand new offense and a brand new coaching staff. Like, that place is going to be buzzing it's their Super Bowl and like a slow a slow start there. Um, yeah, I, I don't you know. That, that one definitely gives you a little uncertainty in terms of like breaking in a new offense. I think, you know, I definitely think Virginia Tech would rather open with Walford this year.
0: And speaking of uncertainty, one more position that seems to have been the most uncertain of all. For Virginia Tech, over the course of the last, like, I don't know, since David Wilson left, that's the running back room. You got a number of guys. You got some injury questions. You have certainly a veteran leader in the room. And you have some guys that have been talked about a lot and never seen the field. And you have some guys that have seen the field some early in their career and not been talked about much since. The running back room, what do we think? I'm actually pretty excited about the running back room. I I don't
1: know what we'll hear tomorrow about Malachi Thomas and his absences from fan day, practice, media, I mean, you name it. Um, but he's the one to keep an eye on depending on the severity of an injury, if he's injured, um, or his absence. But because um, obviously, we know that he probably has the most of the breakout potential of the room. Jalen Holston, we know what he can bring. We've seen spurts of him do really well. And we've also seen spurts of him, you know, be kind of invisible. Um, but he's a guy that has stuck around and he bets on himself. And I think he's definitely a valuable guy and can spell reps no matter which way. Uh, and then just looking beyond those two, I'm really excited about Chance Black. Um, I think he's kind of like a gadget guy um, that can play kind of, you know, all over the field. And I think he'll get a lot of opportunities in different ways. Um, Keyshawn King, we've seen the big play potential from him. Uh, And then other guys like Bryce Duke, uh, see what he can do as a freshman. Kenji Christian is another one. So probably of all the position groups, um, you know, maybe minus tight end, You know, this is another position group that's looking up. You may not have that star guy again with a lot of these position groups. It's going to take time to layer in that talent, recruit guys that are, you know, four star guys, bring them in um, and, and really build that solidified number one guy. But in terms of what Virginia Tech's offense is going to be for next season and knowing that they're going to use a bunch of guys to accomplish what they want to in the ground game. I'm pretty excited about this group, um, and again, it depends on Malachi Thomas and his health. But um, if he can stay relatively healthy, or you know, come back relatively soon, I think the the ceiling is probably the highest of the skill position groups.
2: I, I'm not as high on, on the running back room as Mate is. Uh, last season, Malachi Thomas was the only player that could uh, that could break a tackle and make pick up some. Some chunk yardage there, and that was only for three games. I think if Virginia Tech gets a better running game this year, it's largely on the back of Joe Rudolph's offensive line, which we've already talked about that riskiness and the level of concern there. Um, you know, I think it's a Holston. If, if Thomas is whatever his absence becomes, on, and hopefully we learn on Wednesday, um you know, if he's out for any extended period of time, you're looking at like Holston and Bryce Duke with Kashawn King and Chance Black and their respective um, hybrid, whatever you want to call it, roles. Um, I think the jury is definitely still out. Kashawn King and other hype-filled off-season. Um, we'll see if he can, if he can deliver. Um, you know, that's a guy that hasn't played much at all since 2019. So, so, you know i'm I'm a little more skeptical on what becomes of the running room. I definitely think you're gonna see a lot of players play there because there's no um, you know, there's no number one leader there, uh, you know, unless Thomas is healthy for most of the year. So, um, we'll see what happens there and how it looks. It, you know, I, I just I'm not sure like, I'm not sure for what. Tyler Bowen's offense, what he would want it to be like, if Kashawn King is the right running back for that, or if you know, and Jalen Holston is a sixth year is probably what he is at this point, and you know, he, he he's he's played behind some very very good offensive lines over the last couple of seasons, um, and and never was able to break into the mix consistently. So um, I think uh, I think there's a lot of questions there on what becomes of the Virginia Tech running game this year, and and. You know, potentially it could look a lot different in September if they're rolling out Holston and, you know, Holston black or King um, and by November it's mostly King and black or something like that. I think it'll be an interesting position to watch at least.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to agree, you know, in terms of Holston, it's basically the same thing you said with Caleb Smith, like. They could trot him out there during the summer and make him seem like a brand new man. But when you have a large enough sample size, conventional wisdom would lead you to believe that he is who he is at a certain point. For Virginia Tech to get max potential offensively relies on the idea that Malachi Thomas is going to take a big step forward. That what we saw in spurts in 2021 is something that he's able to capture for the entire season. So the fact that we are, you know, less than a month out now, just a matter of weeks out from the first game and Malachi Thomas is the international man of mystery and no one knows what's going on with him. And it's not good. (laughs) It's not good because at least from a preseason projection perspective, I mean, being able to hope for a big step forward from Thomas seems more realistic than a big step forward from Holston.
2: yeah Yeah. like sorry to jump in but like the revelation last year with malachi was like this this skill this you know skill that he always falls forward on runs like he's always you know picking up yardage like it's a decent skill it's not really what you're looking for at a number one back you're looking for big chunk yardage and making making people miss and all that stuff so like if if last year that was like a defining skill for him compared to the rest of the room you know and this year we've you know they've they've added bryce duke basically is is the newcomer um you know i think that's that's the concern is like where's this top end talent of that's going to be leading you know doing something at a higher level than um than what we've seen at least in the last, last season
0: I mean, again, Thomas is only a sophomore. There is plenty of potential for improvement. I think the question that we're all asking is, will he see the field? If he's not going to see it immediately, when will that be? Is Jalen Holston going to be like a true bell cow running back for at least the early portion of the season? Because, you know, in a first season for a new coach like Brent Pry, when you're changing the style of offense that's being run to being predominantly more big 10 style run heavy and early perceptions matter a lot on the recruiting trail and they matter for the fan base and how many people are going to show up for games as the season goes on and whatever, you know, is Jalen Holson going to be the guy that you're relying on? And if he is, I guess the only thing you can hope for is that the Fuente regime just truly had it out for him. <laughs> like put him in positions to fail. It Seems like he certainly thinks that, and uh, he stuck around for a reason. But you know what would the market have been for him had he left? <laughs> That's yeah. a whole, a whole other question entirely. So if
2: you, if you look at Holston, his you know his best games are of his career. You know, were fifty two yards against Pittsburgh way back on in twenty seventeen. Uh, 54 yards against Marshall on in 2018, um, didn't play at all in 2019. 58 yards against Virginia in 20 in 2020, and then last year he had 49 yards in the season opener against North Carolina. Like that 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 is just what he is. I feel like like there's not he's tapped out. He's probably tapped out, but he's also probably you know the starting running back on day one for Virginia Tech. At this point um, if if Thomas is unavailable and you know particularly with an ACC opponent in week two I you know I could see you know I don't think Brett Pry is unlike any other coach where he's going to lean on experienced in, in the you know in a key early season game like that so well I think we'll see him early and just like the rest the, the last five years of his career you know I think there's probably higher ceiling guys that they turn to as the season progresses
0: all right. Well, that should about wrap it up for our offensive preview. Folks, keep tuning in to Inside the Tunnel, VTS Cube 24 7 Sports. Get that VIP subscription. Doug, Matej, any last words?
2: Come back for our defensive preview coming up. Just right a for that one.
0: Can't wait. Literally can't wait. Until then, my friends, go Hokies.